This is the Eye on Potatoes, brought to you by the National Potato Council. The Eye is the place to tune in for conversations with growers and thought leaders on advocacy, production, and all things potatoes. Now, here's your host, Lane Nordland. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the I Potatoes podcast. I'm Lane Nordland, and as we come to today's conversation, we'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Syngenta. They continue to deliver solutions to help producers face the potato industry's complex challenges. Syngenta provides growers with unmatched field expertise, along with an array of effective products. Explore SyngentaUS.com slash SpudDoctor to discover solutions for your potato growing obstacles. Well, as we record this live podcast from Potato Expo 2023 at the Gaylord Rockies Resort here in Denver, Colorado, we're joined by an outstanding panel of CEOs uh, that really shows the teamwork and the collaboration that it takes to have a successful promotion and policy action on behalf of the potato industry. Uh, we're joined today by President and CEO of the American Frozen Food Institute, Allison Boder. Blair Richardson, President and CEO of Potatoes USA, and Cam Coral, CEO of the National Potato Council. For our audience here attending Expo, let's give our panelists a round of applause today. As we talk about collaboration and working together to advocate on behalf of the potato, uh, it, it can't be done by just one group or one entity. And uh, Allison, first off, can you tell us a little bit about the American Frozen Food Institute's mission and all the activities that you really prioritize and how you interact with the potato industry? Great. Thanks, Lane. Uh, so the American Frozen Food Institute has three priorities on behalf of the frozen food industry, and that includes frozen potatoes. Uh, the major frozen potato processors are key members of the association. We do advocacy in Washington, on behalf of frozen foods, we also look to elevate frozen in the broader conversation about food. And thirdly, we look to grow the category of frozen foods through innovation. And the area that I think I want to focus on for this group is around food safety, because that's really a key strength of AFI's um, and where we spent a lot of time over the last few years focusing in on mitigating the risks to the frozen food manufacturer's business. Um, we've been looking at different pathogens that are of particular concern to the frozen processing environment. One of those that some of you are probably familiar with is listeria. And we've been doing a lot of work with the industry to mitigate the risk of listeria of an incident occurring um, in the, with consumers. The actual risk of a, of a listeriosis event happening is quite low. But the risk of a recall from regulatory jeopardy is very real. And so we're working both sides of that, trying to reduce the risk to those frozen food businesses from the production side and from a policy perspective in Washington. Okay. Um, and we work with the potato industry very closely on those initiatives. The major processors are really helping us drive change in the industry. Well, thanks for that overview, Allison. And I know we're really going to dive more into that, especially on the frozen end of things in terms of nutrition uh, throughout our conversation today. But uh, Blair Richardson with Potatoes USA, thank you for joining us here today. And, you know, Potatoes USA truly plays that essential role in so many activities in terms of uh, promoting research and, of course, 
the issues facing the nutrition discussion around potatoes as well. But we all know that lobbying isn't a part of Potatoes USA. Uh, can you explain really more about the relationship that you have and, and how you draw that firewall between uh, uh, promotion and research and then the advocacy that CAM's team with the National Potato Council does? Well, sure. Pretty much if it's fun and exciting, we do it. And if it's not fun and exciting, <laughs> CAM does it. <laughs> no, we, we get involved on all the marketing promotion um, activities and essentially defending the reputation of the brand of potatoes. Um, we work with the, uh, on the nutrition side and helping people convey the, the um, messages that we want consumers and retailers and food service operators to know about potatoes. And then when, when CAM needs information about um, market data or anything like that, we provide that information so that the National Potato Council can work with legislators, which we can't do, to um, convince them uh, how, to, how to vote correctly and how to make correct policy. Cam, of course, uh, taking that information, boots on the ground up in Capitol Hill every single day in Washington, D.C. Uh, and first off, uh, National Potato Council is pretty good at putting on the Potato Expo. So let's give a round of applause for the entire crew at the National Potato Council for hosting this uh, record-breaking uh, trade show and expo in, in general. But, uh, Cam, in, in your previous roles, you've worked with several different associations and companies. Um, how are you utilizing that experience and really advocating for potatoes with that knowledge and working with AFI and Potatoes USA in your work in Washington? Yeah, uh, thanks, Lane. Well, I, I can give you kind of a little recent case study that I thought was, it, it showed very well how impactful we can be when we all work together. So uh, roll it back a couple of years when, when COVID was hitting. Um, the first thing that we did really was to go to Potatoes USA and also to AFI and try to figure out what was this going to mean both at the grower level, on the food service side, on the retail side, and then for the processors, what were they going to be facing uh, as we were, we were heading towards really an unprecedented crisis. We really needed their, their expertise, their foresight, um, so that we could then sit down with with our leadership, as well as all of the tremendously valuable state associations and also our other allied colleagues to the extent that we had common interests across the specialty crop industry and agriculture broadly in delivering the right package for, um, for growers and also clearing out uh, excess supply for on the processing side of the house at the, at the height of the pandemic. All of that information it had to be done in a very, it had to be gathered, analyzed, and acted upon in a very, very tight window. And I think it was our, our joint collaboration allowed us to be so successful. And it's hard to believe that uh, it's been a few years since uh, <laughs> all of those efforts uh, had to be utilized to, to really advocate for the producers in the countryside. And uh, Allison, coming back to you, obviously, AFI is very. Um, very focused on helping potatoes, uh, uh, helping turn potato products into f uh, frozen foods as well. Uh, can you give the audience a, a really a, a scope of the issues that, that you were overseeing? I know you, you talked about listeria as well, but could you really focus more on that as, as uh, when they're out in the countryside so they know more about what you're doing out in Washington for them? Sure. Um, so we do advocate on behalf of the industry on the food safety side. We work very closely with FDA and we work with the Hill also to um, 
help drive appropriate policy at government agencies. We're really looking forward to the Farm Bill, which is going to be uh, negotiated here in 2023. And one of the issues that we're going to be focused on is addressing this bias that has creeped up in government policy toward fresh foods. And fresh has almost become a synonym for healthy and frozen in most cases is very, very healthy, has the same, especially in the fruit and vegetable space, has the same nutrient profile. Um, frozen, it has a lot of other benefits. It's uh, affordable, it's convenient, it's easy to prepare, and importantly, it helps reduce food waste. So one of the things we're gonna be doing is looking at how we can tell the story of frozen better in this upcoming legislative process to try and get more federal dollars to consumers to help them increase fruit and vegetable consumption using frozen, and that includes frozen potatoes. So that'll be an effort, I think, where we also have the opportunity to work together. Um, one of the areas that we already work together is also with the Alliance for Potato Research and Education, and that's a group that all of our, our groups fund, as well as the major companies in the potato industry, to fund nutrition research to help uh, counter some of the negative stories you might hear in the media around cardiovascular health, uh, lifestyles, and eating patterns. And so we call it APRI, has done an excellent job of, of um, driving the science to get, let, give us the tools to communicate uh, the positive role of potatoes uh, in the diet and in, our, in a good lifestyle. So that's something that we're gonna be using on the Hill as well as all that data and it's not just on the Hill, right? And I think um, Blair and Cam can talk to this as well. We need to share that data more broadly with the nutrition health community. And thanks to our work together, we've got tools to do that. So we'll use that outside of the Hill and also on the Hill. Well, and expanding on uh, the membership that you all have with APRI, uh, from the National Potato Council's standpoint, Cam, what, what are some of the the, the key things from that relationship and collaboration that you were able to, to share with your members, uh, whether it's the, the, the summit held at the end of February, first part of March, or here at Potato Expo, and just talk about that important collaboration. Yeah, I, th this, is, this is kind of an old adage, but it really, it, it, it's true today, Lane, is that a lot of the battles that we fight on Capitol Hill are won in the library. If you don't have the facts, if you don't have the science behind you, trying to win those arguments, either with congressional committees or when you're dealing with the administration, it's very, very challenging. APRI generates that very valuable, credible, peer-reviewed research that can counter some of these, uh, this might be a little politically incorrect, but these emotion-based, activist-based attacks that have come towards our, our industry. APRI can, can cool that down actually put facts before folks who ultimately become the decision makers and can win the day. And Blair, when we look at APRI, uh, even the research that's done within Potatoes USA plays a key role in advancing that, that discussion when it comes to the policy side that, that uh, Cam and Allison work on. How important it, is it for you to have a team surrounding you there at Potatoes USA focusing on those key research topics? Well, Lane, I mean, this is really one of the most critical things that we do as an industry. Over the past dozen years, we've invested about $20 million into this effort 
to create a body of evidence that allows us to go to someone who's writing a story or interviewing someone and bringing a biased, a misinformed point of view about potato nutrition or anything about potatoes, and we can fight back now. Um, Ten years ago, when I first came into this industry, if someone wrote an article in the New York Times or USA Today and it was talking about potatoes in a negative way, we just had to say, oh, we, we have to ignore it. We had nothing we could work with to fight back. Today, we are actually fighting back, and any time we see an article that's biased or has bad information in it, we have a team that reaches out, and they contact the writer, they contact the editor, and sometimes even the research team behind the story, and we correct them, and we ask them to retract their story and, and correct it. And at, over the past year, we've had a 40% um, correction rate, which is just astronomical in this game, where normally, if, even in the best situation, you're getting around 10%. So our industry is stronger today and able to do things today that we were not able to do a decade ago. Well, I want to stay focused on uh, the upcoming Congress, and of course we have that farm bill uh, to, to discuss as well. But first, we would just like to thank our sponsor of today's podcast, Syngenta. Syngenta cares about potato producer productivity and offers a wide variety of seed treatment options protecting your investment from the beginning. Syngenta's all-liquid seed treatment Cruiser Max Vibrance Potato offers protection from harmful insect pests, including Colorado potato beetle, green peach aphid, and leafhoppers. Additionally, Cruiser Max Vibrance Potato delivers immediate protection against the fungal diseases. Contact your local retailer for more information for Cruiser Max Vibrance Potato, Cruiser Potato Extreme, or Maxim MZ to find out what best fits your farm needs. But again, a big thank you to our friends at Syngenta for bringing... Uh, this discussion to you all here at Expo and also wherever you're listening to this podcast on your podcast devices. Uh, coming back to our conversation with Allison Blair and Cam here today. Uh, Allison, Cam, when you are out in Washington, D.C. on the Hill, your, your lobbying work has to change. Uh, there's always a, a, a new Congress, a new administration. I, I guess for our, our listeners and viewers, how do you stay focused? How do you keep your teams focused and really keep that ball moving uh, in that very uh, continuous political cycle that we have in Washington, D.C.? Uh, Allison, I'll start with you. Sure. Well, our tactics have maybe changed a bit. Um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, there were a lot of legislative vehicles, bills that would go through Congress that you could work uh, an issue with. And today, we just don't have that environment because it's so... Everything is so contentious on the Hill. So what does move is appropriations. Now, albeit at the absolute ultimate minute, right? Last year in December, we saw the omnibus pass barely. Um, but we use appropriations vehicles to help sway regulatory agencies. We also use members of Congress more directly. So your relationships with your member of Congress are critical. I know Cam relies on that. Um, I rely on the relationships that the processors have with their members of Congress. And we use those, member of Congress, those members of Congress to communicate with the agencies. In our case, it's FDA and USDA. But to call FDA and talk about the issues that we're facing, whether that's the definition of healthy or traceability now or food safety, uh, or nutrition, sodium reduction. You know, there are going to be upcoming sodium, uh, voluntary sodium reduction guidelines coming out of FDA. Those are going to impact this, the processed food industry and the processed potato industry. So um, that relate, that's how we utilize that relationship. It's just changed. It's a little bit different in how we, the tactics we use. But there's still a vital um, 
tool Congress in terms of how we work with regulatory agencies to get the right policies for the businesses in this industry? Cam? Oh, I, I think that's right. I totally agree with Allison. You know, our, it's not enough to say that Congress is chaotic and you know, they have all various, right now, apparently challenges just deciding who's going to run the place. Um, it, it's not enough to say, well, sorry, they, they can't get out of their own way and so we just, we're going to have to sit around for two years. Our members need action and we have to move to those vehicles that, that we know ultimately have to, have to get passed. Um, obviously, the omnibus that was passed at the end of the year, that was one of those opportunities. Uh, we had embedded in that omnibus uh, language exactly like what Allison was talking about. Um, under the Obama administration, there was a restriction um, on potatoes accessing the school lunch and school breakfast programs. We have a rider in, in the appropriations bill. We've had it every year, which essentially eliminates all funding for USDA enforcing that. So potatoes are fully eligible for the school lunch, school breakfast program. Uh, j just one of those opportunities. We have to keep the ball rolling forward for our members. That's, that's our job. That's what they pay us for. And speaking of that omnibus, there was also a record amount of uh, potato research dollars also allocated as well. There was. Uh, we, were, we were very fortunate. Uh, a lot of the great work that um, has been done over the years by the state organizations, individual growers, uh, we have been clearly pushing that ball. That, that was a program that, um, that was threatened about 10 years ago. It was a very small amount of funding. In the intervening decade, we have quadrupled its funding. It's delivering tremendously valuable uh, research on the newest uh, potato breeding uh, varieties that can really make us competitive for decades into the future. And obviously that research is, is so important to the promotion as well. Uh, so Blair, uh, when you see funding like that going out uh, to, to researchers, how important is that? And uh, what, what do you tell your, your Potatoes USA board members when, when stuff like that happens of the work that Allison and Cam are doing? Well, our role in this is to help kind of facilitate the, the work of the industry in deciding what type of research is important from a production in, in um, disease, um, pests, and other issues. So through the Potato Research Advisory Committee that was started about five years ago um, when Mike Pink from Washington State was chairman of our board, um, we felt it was important that everyone focus on a couple of research projects each year so we don't cross over each other. And it's been very successful. And because of what Cam's doing in, in DC and what Allison's doing, more dollars are available. And we've been, been able to see over $31 million come back into the industry research world. Um, it doesn't come to us, but we think it's a very important part of, of what the industry's doing. Yep. I just yep. comment, you know, um, Blair's role is so important because that the research is one piece and getting that research out is another. And members of Congress are consumers. Right? So if there's an article in the New York Post or the New York Times, the Washington, um, Washington Post, they read that too. So it's really important getting the message out. It kind of softens the members of Congress up for when Cam and I go in to see them. And uh, uh, we talk about softening those members of Congress up along with their staff. The staff are a key part of uh, uh, opening those doors and those conversations. I do want to give a shout out for the Washington Summit coming up at the end of February, first part of March. And uh, when we held that last year, Cam, it was truly the first agriculture group on Capitol Hill and the first reception 
one of the first receptions held that invited members of Congress and their staff to come and meet members. How important was that to, to not only say, hey, we're the first to uh, get everyone back together, but to have that face-to-face -face engagement? And why should our attendees think about flying out to D.C. here in just a few weeks? Well, it, it was fun. Uh, uh, late February last year, we had members of Congress who they really hadn't had a face-to-face -face reception or an opportunity to sit down and give speeches to, to folks that they consider very valuable in a tremendously long time. And several of them walked in the door and they had, kind of had to get the muscle memory going back again about how to, how to do that. Uh, we had a fantastic reception on Capitol Hill. The, the chairman and ranking member of both House and Senate Agriculture Committees not only came but stayed for a very long period of time because it was sort of the, the, the first opportunity that they could, they could be back shaking hands and doing the thing that they love to do. Uh, we've got another opportunity coming up again at the end of this February, Washington Summit. Uh, again, it has merged all the best parts of what used to be the, the National Potato Council's fly-in and with our annual meeting. So we have our entire leadership will be there to set policy and then go up and act on that policy. You see all, all the key decision makers in Washington and we're, we're thrilled to be able to do it uh, in, a, in a live way this, this time for, for the second time now in a row. And uh, back to you, Blair. Uh, I, I wanted to touch on the performance campaign that uh, Potatoes USA has undertaken. Um, how did you get started, and, and where do you want to take the, the, the campaign itself? Oh, wow, that's a huge question. I, you know, this originally started when um, John Tosburn was still on staff with us. Everyone in the industry knows who John was. He was actually here today. Um, but we were looking at where, what can we do to really change how consumers and how people in the United States and around the world view potatoes. And at the time, you go back 10 years ago, it was still a very couch potato type of perception. And we wanted to move it to, to a totally different view. And we, we did a lot of research, did some um, studies, trying to find out what issues were important to consumers, what did they respond to. And along the way, we, we figured this lifestyle um, message out about performance and how potatoes fuel your day, fuel the energy you need to perform, and whether that's a, a, in an athletics, uh, athlete's performance measure, or it's a, a, a Amazon delivery person, or a school teacher, or a farmer, you know, it's really, that's not the important thing. It's just that we all need the healthy fuel to fuel our day, and that's how it got started. Where we're going with it, it, it can, is continuing to evolve. There are a lot of ways to carry this message and to expand this message. We're really excited about this. Um, what I'm most excited about now is that we're working with international organizations um, who are interested in the, the success we've had here in the United States with this and how we can help them carry this message to their markets as well. Um, and if we can all get behind this idea that the potato is a healthy, nutritious food source that prov provides us the opportunity to fuel our day, it's going to help all potato growers and all potato organizations in the, in this, in the around the globe. Now, we all agree that this collaboration is key for the success of the potato industry, but you might not agree on what your favorite potato dishes are, though. So, Allison, what, what is your favorite potato all right. dish? I've been thinking about this, and I have two. I couldn't whittle it down to one. So, one, if I'm out, it's French fries with ketchup. Hands down, always have to have them on a meal. But when I'm at home, I don't know if you guys have, how many of you have access to frozen baby bakers. But they're baby potatoes that have been roasted and frozen. They are the most convenient, delicious, easy to prepare side dish. And I serve them to my family all the time. I serve them to company all the time. 
So I highly recommend them. I wish there were more available in retail. Frozen baby bakers. Cam. You know, Allison got in the play. There was, those were both frozen, so Allison is just right on the talking points. Very, that, that's why she runs Abby. Um, there is no bad way to consume oh, a potato good, good, as good. long as it's grown by one of my members. <laughs> that's the answer. Good answer, Cam. Thank you. For breakfast, I love a great hash. For lunch, I, um, I prefer something like a French fry or, or, or something in that line. For dinner, I love roasted potatoes. And any time of the day, I love potato chips. Nice. I'll just <laughs> and be... that's why he's in communications. Exactly. <laughs> I like shepherd's pie. Oh, yes. that's nice. But you got to use lamb. You know, sometimes well, I'm a course. beef guy. I raise beef, but lamb and that shepherd's pie, but those taters right up on top, whipped up good. Mm. It's not shepherd's pie if it's not lamb. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I would just like to thank uh, the three of you for joining us here today on the Expo stage and for our listeners tuning in on the podcast after the Expo wrapped up. Let's give one round, big round of applause for Alice Boder, Blair Richardson, and Cam Quarles here today. For the Iron Potatoes podcast, I'm Lane Nordlund. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the National Potato Council's Eye on Potatoes podcast with host Lane Nordlund. For more information, visit nationalpotatocouncil.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.